0: Hello and welcome to morning prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. I thank God that we're able to be together in prayer this morning. Today is Tuesday, and this is the 18th week after Pentecost. Today we continue our reading of the 14th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Mark. And now we begin our time of prayer in silence. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship in praise. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 14th chapter, beginning this morning with verse 43. Immediately, while Jesus was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. And with him there was a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. So when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then they laid hands on him and arrested him. But one of those who stood near drew his sword and struck the slave of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to them, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as though I were a bandit? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not arrest me but let the scriptures be fulfilled. All of them deserted him and fled. A certain young man was following him, wearing nothing but a linen cloth. They caught hold of him, but he left the linen cloth and ran off naked. The Lord of the Lord. I don't think I've ever spent much time thinking about how I go about getting what I want or defending myself and my own interests in this world. Have you spent much time thinking about it? And yet I know that is part of what it means to be human, and part of what I expend my energy on, part of what my brain and body go about doing, mostly automatically, without me knowing it. Always lurking there in one form or another, it's probably a rumor or a threat of violence. It's always close at hand. If we take this account of Jesus' arrest in the garden simply at face value, we see a number of characters exerting their power in one way or another to accomplish what they want to accomplish, to exert their power, to exert their will. Judas is empowered and lays uh, an attachment of armed guards into the garden to carry out his end of the agreement with the chief priests, and he seals his betrayal with a kiss of peace. Sensing a threat to himself, to Jesus, and to the other disciples, one of Jesus' companions pulls a sword out and cuts off the ear of one of the slaves of the high priest, and the chief priests have ordered an attachment of guards to follow Jesus into the garden where they had orders to arrest Jesus and lead him under this armed escort to stand trial before the council. Each of these moves, in one way or another, is a power move, and each of these moves relies on violence or the threat of violence to exert its power and accomplish its goals. Violence is so much a part of everyday life, and it is almost human nature, and it goes mostly unnoticed in our lives. We usually only make notes of an obvious outburst, the disciple drawing a sword and striking the slave, But the armed guards speak volumes about the chief priest's own determination to exert their power and to arrest Jesus and to kill Jesus. And Jesus comments on the strangeness of the presence of this group of armed guards, of those armed with swords and clubs, to arrest a person under cover of night that they could have simply asked and escorted from the temple and into the council chambers at any point during the week before. Why the violent threat? Fear, and responding to that fear, the overwhelming desire to overpower, to catch a smaller band of disciples while they were vulnerable, to exert their power over him, and to seize Jesus. It is Jesus, though, who brings peace to the scene, who brings an end to the violence, He willingly comes with his captors. The disciples flee, even shedding their clothes to escape. Jesus has told them as much not long before this moment even happens. And and so we come again to the striking discovery as Jesus is being led away under guard that it is better for the disciples of Jesus to flee in the face of violence than to give in to the violence that was always close at hand in their next angry, frightened breath. Jesus has shielded and saved his disciples from responding to violence with violence. And in this scene in the garden, Jesus has embodied for all of us to see everything that he has taught his disciples. The scattered will be gathered and clothed again by the grace and mercy of God. The frightened deniers will be welcomed in, forgiven, and will confess again. The dead will be raised and live again. And the first words they will utter will be, Peace be with you. But who will wash the blood from the hands of those who have picked up a sword against the ones that God has called them to love and to serve? I suppose... Only Jesus can take away that kind of guilt. Only Jesus can take away the violence of the world. A violence that rests in all our hearts, disguised, lying dormant as fear, anger, and hatred. Here we see the Lamb of God carrying away the sins of the world in the form of the Son of God, led off under armed guard. As we go out today, let's pay attention to the violence all around us, as well as within us. Notice it and question it as Jesus questioned it. And then wonder and prayerfully ask Jesus to show us how to respond with his love, his mercy, his grace, his peace, and his forgiveness. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ, and for all gifts of healing and forgiveness. For the communion of faith in your church, and for the gifts of relationships with others. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world heal the hurts of all of your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land, that it might turn away from bloodshed and violence, from threats and coercion, and might be messengers in enacting and bringing and speaking peace. We pray for for those who govern the nations of the world, for people who are living in countries ravaged by strife and warfare, and for all who are working to bring about that peace in international harmony. We pray for all who are also striving to save this earth from carelessness and destruction. For who else or for what else do we pray this morning? Almighty and everlasting God, You have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread